This is Daryl Wood, host of Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show on Faith Talk 1500. First, let me say this show is your show. That's why no matter what I discuss or which guests I interview, your input is value. If it's in the news, on TV, or at the movies, whether political, social, economic, or whatever, at some point I'm talking about it on Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show, Monday through Thursday from 4 to 6 p.m. on Faith Talk 1500. Hi, this is Pastor Dan McGee from Grace and Truth Radio, and I'd like to personally invite you to join me each day, Monday through Friday at 11.30 a.m. for verse-by-verse teaching right through God's Word. We'd love for you to join us right here on Faith Talk 1500. Listen to Grace and Truth, weekday mornings at 11.30 on Faith Talk 1500. Catch the podcast anytime at faithtalk1500.com. Looking for more than just a job? Look in the right place. For a career that inspires you, visit ChristianJobs.com. That's ChristianJobs.com. Listen now to the inspirational and motivational program, Arise and Shine, with your host, Keith Nelson. We greet you on this beautiful Lord's Day in the mighty, matchless, and magnificent name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, our Christ and our King. And once again, we are so grateful and thankful that you have taken out of your busy Sunday afternoon to come and spend some time with us here on this radio station. And we are rejoicing in the Word of God as we are continuing our study through the book of Matthew, Gospel according to Matthew and Matthew have chosen some select actions and passages of Jesus' life and has placed them before us that we might have the opportunity to see the king in action. King, son of David, son of God, the one who have come to take away the sins of the world. We were studying in the 17th chapter of Matthew's gospel And today we will pick up in our study right after uh, Jesus comes down with his disciples from the Mount of Transfiguration. And starting there at the 14th verse, we're beginning to read from the Schofield Reference Edition. We make that announcement from a few uh, word changes that are found here that are different than some of the other versions that you might be carrying always be aware of the fact that the words may differ in some place, but the overall context is the same. Matthew, the 17th chapter, looking at the 14th verse, and it reads as follows, and it says, And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. For he is epileptic and greatly vexed. For often he falleth into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? And how long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, 
and it departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus privately and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say unto the mountain, Move from here to yonder place, and it shall move, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out except by prayer and fasting. Here we find Jesus and his inner circle, Peter, James, and John, uh, coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration, down from Mount Hermon, as we believe. Uh, and they are now meeting back up with the balance, the other nine of the disciples. And when Jesus came close to where the other nine disciples were, uh, there was, Matthew states that there was a crowd that was gathering around them. The companion passages of this scripture found in Mark, the ninth chapter, the 14th through the 29th verse, and Luke, the ninth chapter, the 37th through the 43rd verse, reads a slightly different in this particular area. Uh, Mark makes note of the fact that when Jesus and his uh, inner circle, his three disciples came down from the mountain, that they saw a great multitude surrounding the disciples. And the scribes were there. Mark mentioned the scribes questioning the disciples. And when Jesus walked up to the, the crowd and the disciples, he asked the scribes a question, Why are you questioning my disciples? And then the man from the crowd spoke out, in reference to his son. Luke does sort of the same thing, but Luke makes the statement that the day after they came down out of the mountain, uh, that Jesus came up to his disciples, uh, which is not uh, anything that conflicts what we already know because neither Matthew nor Mark make a statement of how long it took for them to get down out of the mountain. But, when he walks up, uh, Luke does not mention the scribes being there, but Jesus walks up and questions. And when the people see Jesus coming, they run to Christ uh, instead of allowing Christ to get all the way up to them. Uh, all of this tells us is that uh, when Jesus and the three came to the people, that there were scribes there and they was questioning. And, and Jesus came and asked the question, why are you questioning my disciples? And the man responded. Uh, and look in that 15th verse, it says that he came to him and kneeled down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is epileptic. Mark said diseased and Luke makes the statement demon possessed. So, we we get with this focus that the demon possessed the boy and the boy diseased him. The demon diseased the boy and the, and the disease was epilepsy, as we call it. Uh, King James would call it lunatic. 
uh, they, uh, epilepsy is a kind of mental disease uh, that causes the mind to kind of send out the wrong impulses and causes the body to go through convulsions and, and things like that. Uh, from this standpoint, yes, back in olden times, back even back as ladies at the latest as the 1800s, uh, they called people with epilepsy lunatics uh, because of how they acted from a visual standpoint, not necessarily that they had control over what they were doing. And so all of this come together to be able to say the man brought his son to the disciples. And so in that 15th verse, he says, have mercy on my son, have mercy on him, for he falleth into the fire and often into the water. Uh, have mercy on my son. The father came and kneeled before Jesus and pleaded with him on behalf of his son. Here we have a similar circumstance that we saw early in Matthews where it's not the individual who is actually perplexed that is seeking Jesus for healing, but it's someone that is seeking Jesus to heal the person uh, that they might know. Uh, and we saw this with the four men who carried the man who was lame on a stretcher and broke open the roof and lured him down into the midst of Jesus' presence because the crowd was pressed at the door. We saw this as the Roman centurion went and got Jesus and asked him to heal his servant uh, who was sick. Uh, it, it, it talks to us in relationship to intercessory prayer, uh, where you come to God on behalf of someone else. Uh, it could be someone that you love. It could be someone that you know. It could be someone who just asks you that you've never met before to pray for you. Intercessory prayer is when you are interceding or intervening on someone else's behalf because of their state and their troubles and their trials and tribulation. And, and this man, of course, uh, was more than moved with love and compassion on behalf of his son. Now, Luke also shows us that Jesus asked the question after the man presented the fact that his son uh, was diseased, his son was sick, uh, that he often falls into the water and into the fire, and that uh, whatever this that had him, this demon that had this young man, uh, was out to try to kill him from time to time. Uh, and then Mark, the ninth chapter and the 18th verse added, he also foams at the mouth. And so this is a very critical situation on behalf of this young man uh, that his father has brought before Jesus Christ. The demon is literally not only taking over and causing him to do things physically, but he also has tried or made attempts to try to kill the boy by throwing him into the fire and causing him to, to fall or jump into the water and those things like this. So now this is a life and death struggle between the young boy and the father is helpless to do anything about it. 
So when he heard that Jesus was in the area, of course, he took his son and brought him to Jesus. What does the scripture say is that we need to bring our troubles to God, whatever our trials, whatever our tribulations, whatever our struggles, we need to bring that unto the Lord. And the scriptures in many places cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. And other places is is that we need to bring our, our troubles to God and, and allow him uh, come with faith, come with boldness, bring them so that God can respond to the issues that we have in our life. Uh, and in many cases, the emphasis is when you come, you need to come with a certain degree of faith. And so the young man uh, is brought to Jesus by the Father, and when he gets there, all of a sudden, Jesus is not there. Only nine disciples are there, and Jesus and Peter and James and John are missing because they're up on top of Mount Transfiguration, as we have saw in the last group of passages that we just studied on last Sunday, last two Sundays to be exact. And, and so the man had no other choice but to ask the remaining nine disciples to heal my son. And I can envision from the scripture that the disciples tried and they failed and they couldn't cast the demon out. And they probably tried again and they failed and they couldn't cast the demon out. And so now the disciples are starting to get frustrated and they're starting to get concerned. And to add on top of all of this, now you have the scribes that were in the crowd and they're now starting to ask the disciples question, like, did you really think you could do this? Did you, did you really think that was going to work? Uh, do you really believe in stuff like this? And, and, and so now their faith is flattened and disheartened, like someone had punctured their faith with a pen. And it's slowly going down, and the crowd is pressing, and the man is begging, and the disciples, the nine disciples, in the midst of all of this, and all of a sudden, Jesus shows up with the other three. And so as Jesus is coming, Luke says that the crowd runs towards Jesus. Uh, Matthew here and Mark makes the statement that Jesus came to the crowd and asked the question, why are you questioning my disciples to the scribes? Uh, what right do you have to question them, and what questions are you asking? And this is when the father of the boys, of course, was seeking to see Jesus from the beginning, speaks up and said, my son is sick he is often torn by and vexed, uh, and he falleth into the fire, he falls into the water, and whatever this debt has him is trying to kill him. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not do anything to cure him. They could not heal him. At this time, Jesus is perplexed. All of the teaching, all of the direction, and even the 
power that he given unto them earlier when he sent out to 12 and when he sent out to 70. And we saw that earlier back in, in the writings of Matthew. All of this is now, and he's standing and looking, saying, with all this teaching and all of this ability that's been given unto you, you still don't have this together. And, and, and so in that 17th verse, Jesus answers and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? And how long shall I bear with you? Bring him, him referring to the boy, here to me. Jesus rebuked the nine because they should have had at least a the power because the power was given unto them to cast out demons when they were sent out with the 70 and when they were sent out with just the 12. B, they knew that it could be possible, so their faith should have been to the point where they had confidence to do this because they've watched Jesus cast out demons and they watched Jesus heal many and they watched Jesus even a, a week before this go over into the Gadarenes and speak to a man who was in the tombs who had a legion of demons possessing him and was freed from that condition and that circumstance. And all of this now points back to the fact that their faith, at least in believing that demon possession can be exercised and this was possible simply with the power that they had, and remember when they came back from when the 70 was sent out, they were praising God and saying, even the demons are subject to our commands. And so they had cast out demons before, and now they get to this position, and they were not able to execute it with the level of faith that they had. And sometimes we know God is a healer, and sometimes we know that God is a deliverer, and sometimes we know that God is a comforter. And sometimes we know that God can do all things and that there's nothing impossible for God. Yet we fall into states and conditions sometime in our life where we suffer. And we suffer needlessly because our faith is not ample at that time to get us through. And don't know what happens from time to time. We lose confidence in ourselves. We lose confidence sometimes in God. Uh, situation seems to be different from what it was before. We did the same thing we did before, but it didn't work this particular time. And now we're confused. We're disenchanted. We're disheartened. All of this comes into play. And Christ is saying, all you need is faith. And at this particular point in your life, you are faithless. Look at the 18th verse. It, it says, after they brought the, the boy unto Jesus, uh, after they brought to him uh, in Mark and in Luke, Jesus questions the man and asks two questions. Number one, how long has the boy been like this? And the man responded and said, since he was a child, so this is not a recent condition. 
This has been a lifelong condition that has not been able to be addressed by anyone that the man has tried to bring his son to. So the nine disciples is not the first uh, that has failed the man on his journey and in his task. And he's starting to believe that maybe Jesus is his last hope. And, and, And let me assure you today, no matter what it is that you are going through, that Jesus is your hope. He is the hope for whatever question or concern or issue or circumstance or condition or situation you might find yourself in. Jesus can answer and solve whatever problem that you are going through today. Whatever the difficulty, whatever the trial, whatever the tribulation, whatever the challenge, Jesus is the answer. And so uh, the man uh, tells Jesus how long in the writings of Luke, Luke, the ninth chapter, the 37th through the 43rd verse. uh, and, And Jesus responds to this man in the Luke's version and says, if you only believed, and if you believe, your son can be healed. And and, and I like this statement. Uh, Both Mark and Luke has it in their passages of Scripture. The man responds to Jesus and said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. This is a big pivotal point, not only with the man, but also with the nine disciples and also with us. It's the fact that we can have faith. It's not the fact that we don't have faith, but even in the midst of our faith, I know God can do all things, but sometimes I wonder whether he'll do it for me. And so depending on the condition and the circumstance and And our previous history with God, we can have faith, but we can still have doubt and faith at the same time. The man said, I believe, Lord, that you can do it. But because of my experience with my son since he's been young, because of my experience just now with your nine disciples, who could not help him. And because of my long-standing frustration and battle and struggle, uh, I have now genuine doubts where my son could ever be healed or not. And that's why I brought him to you. I believe you can do it, and that's why I'm seeking you out personally. And, and my brothers and sisters, when everyone else has failed you, My encouragement is not to even wait until you go to everyone else. Go to God first. Uh, But if you've been to the doctors and if you've been to friends and if you've been to associates and if you've even been to strangers, don't forget to stop by Jesus Christ's way and allow him to deal with whatever problem that you're going through today. The scripture said, 18th verse, and Jesus rebuked the demon, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Oh, what a great relief for the father and for the son to be probably for the first time for the son since he had been infected by the demon since he was a child. 
And, and then a great relief for the father that he doesn't have to watch his son. He don't have to, you know, always be in close in case the demon's going to throw him into the fire or throw him into the water and try to kill him. Now the son was free and the father had an opportunity that he can now rest. Jesus rebuked the demon and immediately drove the demon out of the boy and it resulted in him being completely healed. And Matthew says at that hour, which is a euthanism of saying immediately at that particular point in time, Mark didn't mince words. He said immediately the boy was healed. But Luke throws in a, a different scenario. Uh, and Luke says when Jesus spoke to the demon, the demon tore him and came out screaming with a loud voice and the boy fell down as if he was dead. And so now here is a additional concern. Just when you get to the point of thinking that God has answered your prayer, something else come along that's slightly different than what you were struggling with before. And it seems as if your problem is more difficult than what it originally was if you had left it alone. And that's where Luke takes us in his writing of that ninth chapter. The boy fell down as he was dead, but immediately Jesus reached down and grabbed the boy by the hand and lifted him up, and the boy arose, and he presented him to his father, even in the midst of additional concerns that you had not anticipated, when things come along that you didn't foresee, when situations catch you by surprise, when you thought it was one thing and it ended up being that and two or three other different things added on to it, when all of that comes together, the end result is Jesus still have the answer. And he lifted the boy up by his hand, and the boy rose, and he presented him to his father. After this, the scriptures goes on and, and basically says that the disciples came to Jesus and asked the question later. No, Luke said that they, uh, and Matthew both makes the statement that they came after they got into the house uh, Mark and Luke says, Matthew says that they got there privately with Jesus, and that was probably in the house. And he asked the question, and this is a legitimate question, why could we not cast a demon out of the boy? We've done it before. We had experience to this. We've watched you do it. We knew how it was done. Uh, where is our shortcomings in this particular area? And that is a legitimate question. Why did I lose faith now? And I've been through unemployment before. Why did I lose faith now? And I've been through sickness before. Why did I lose faith now? And I've been through financial difficulties before. Why am I struggling with this one when I've successfully made it through the others? And sometimes we don't realize that our challenges are bigger than what we've experienced before. Ladies and gentlemen, my time is out. As always, may God bless you and may God keep you. May God shine his face upon you and lift his countenance upon you. May the Lord give you peace. God bless you today. 
Thanks for listening to Arise and Shine with your host, Keith Nelson. Arise and Shine is sponsored by Beulah International Ministries. The ministry's goal is for the Lord to be your primary source of joy for your spiritual, physical, and emotional health and for you to enjoy an intimate relationship with God. Please support this ministry with a love offering to Beulah International Ministries, P.O. Box 316, Farmington Hills, Michigan, 48332. You may also call 248-470-7252 or visit their website at BeulahInternational.org. More than a 1,000 chapters and 30,000 verses, but you can do it. Read the entire Bible with Bible in a Year, totally interactive, totally free at BibleStudyTools.com. Hi, this is Chris Brooks, campus dean of Moody Theological Seminary, Michigan campus. And I want you to take a moment to meet some of the world-class professors that make Moody, Michigan a special place to learn and grow. Hi, my name is Janie McNally. I'm the clinic manager at Intercessions Psychological Services Clinic of Moody Theological Seminary, Michigan. And Intercessions is a low-cost counseling clinic that services our community to any individual that would like to receive counseling. We counsel individuals, couples, families, minors. Uh, We oftentimes do groups. Our rates start at $30 a session, and that's to see one of our graduate student interns. So our counselors are all uh, Christians, and we will integrate that worldview into our counseling sessions as a client prefers. We'd love to have you be a part of the Moody, Michigan family. Why don't you contact us by visiting moody.edu. That's moody.edu, or call us at 734-207-9581. 